Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3. Putting our differences to the side and talking about something we all love. In our old man river, lavish lakes and streams, pines full of the wildest life and possibilities. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. From the Foundation Studio right here on Biloxi's Back Bay, I want to welcome you to Super Talk Outdoors where we celebrate every single Monday at lunchtime. The world-class outdoors of the state of Mississippi because we live in the capital of the outdoors in America. I want to thank you for joining us on the powerful Super Talk Mississippi radio network on Super Talk TV at C Spire TV. But some of you watch the show on YouTube or Facebook or on your favorite uh, podcast. It's October the 2nd, 2023. Hey, by the way, I say this every week. The views on this show are mine, not those of the foundation. You can bet on this. When it comes to outdoors and outdoors issues, I you can really, really count on me to say what needs to be said. I'm an independent voice, and I'm honored to be in this position. I especially want to thank the uh, the sponsor, the title sponsor for Super Talk Outdoors, the foundation. They're a for, the formal name is the, is the foundation Foundation for Mississippi Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. It's a separate from the department. They're a 5013C nonprofit. But this uh, this group financially supports a lot of efforts at both wildlife and educational projects for the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. And they are also at time from time to time focused on important issues like the Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund that we had so much success uh, about. And there'll there'll be more issues as we go forward. And uh, it's been great watching that organization evolve. I might also add they are stronger and more aligned today than they've ever been and that's great to see that by the way i i uh, was up at the mississippi delta this weekend it was a grueling weekend as we were planting um we uh, actually use a no-till drill we did some in, uh, some experimenting last year we're all in this year with the no-till drill and uh, we're going to pray for rain now and hope in about 30 days we'll come back with some fertilizer we'll time it before a heavy rain i've had really really good help from my friend Spike Crawford, who's in the seed business, and he's been advising me on seeds for, for many years. He's also just a great guy. But I'm like a lot of you guys now. I'm I'm praying for rain. I'm praying for rain because we got a lot of food plots out there that are, that have been planted in the dust. And speaking of dust, when I usually get back from the Mississippi Delta this time of year, I've got a lot of Delta gumbo on my truck, and I've got to wash it off, and it takes a little bit of time, and it starts to you know get in my driveway, and I got to deal with that. Yesterday when I got home, I just washed the dust off. <laughs> that's that's not a good sign. And you look you look forward. We got some cool air coming, but still, you know, not not big rain chances uh, in the in the future. It's okay. It's okay for it not to rain, but when it rains, we got to get a sufficient amount because uh, if we don't, we're going we're going to have some trouble with our food plots. 
I am thrilled today that we get to shift gears and talk to someone like William McKinley, head of the Whitetail Deer Program for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. And uh, I've been waiting to, to catch up with uh, William for some time now. He's a he's a good friend of the show, a super dedicated uh, wildlife professional for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, and a good friend. How you doing, William? I'm doing great, Ricky. Yeah, you heard Thanks what I said, man. There's a lot of people praying for some rain right now, aren't they? There sure are, man. I, I live here in north central Mississippi, and it is so dry right now. So dry. We're just below where a lot of the rains came through, you know, weeks ago. So, uh, but as you get even further south around the Jackson area, it gets even worse. Uh, it's it's dry. Hey, my, my son asked this morning, um, as we start to see bucks start to come in the camera view that weren't there before, um, he asked this morning that if, if the drought could have potentially affected antler growth. What's your, what's your thought on that? Been asked that a lot recently, Ricky. And, you know, the drought really started kicking in. It basically stopped raining in, over in June. And so a lot of antler growth was already done by then, and you didn't see the real impacts of the drought until several weeks after that last rain. So as we're, antlers look good this year. Body conditions, not so much. Uh, but antlers are looking really good. But we caution folks, you know, this, this drought is going to have an impact on deer next year. As they go into the winter in poor body condition, they may have big antlers, but a lot of deer will actually likely have smaller antlers next season than they do this year because of their body health this year. Wow, that's 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 really interesting. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. Hopefully, we'll start to get some rain soon. We'll have a sort of a normal situation. And as I drove around on the farms that that I manage for hunting purposes over the over the weekend. I uh, saw a few, uh, excuse me, a little bit of water in some of the sloughs, but man, a, they, the water was super, super low. I found no areas where there was any, you know, standing water. We, we just kind of normally have some standing water uh, in some of the duck ponds and whatever, but boy, it's dry. It's super dry right now, isn't it? It is. And uh, so, you know, you think about what's happening in deer's life right now. They're normally getting enough vegetation from what they eat, the bucks. Well, not this year. They're having to water bucks are more regularly. Does for the past two months since they had their phones, you know, they're nursing every four to six hours. So they're having to drink multiple times a day. So water has been, it's normally not a limiting factor in Mississippi, but it is definitely concentrated deer uh, this year. Yeah. Um, uh, what, let's see, I'm trying to think. Um, one, let's see. Well, you know, two two farms have a little bit of water near, but one has a lot of lot of water near it. So that's that's probably a really really good thing. Hey, listen, one of the things that's that's true though is that the farmers have really enjoyed these dry conditions for harvesting. The the farmers, the the Dunn family that I work with for the farms that I lease, um, they had one of the best harvesting years they've had in a very long time. I I don't know if it was a record, but it's probably near a record. But this this unprecedented dry conditions to harvest have been terrific. And we had a lot more soybeans and corn in the, in the ground than we normally have. So does that tend to affect uh, how the deer season is going to be? You know, 
harvest was able to get out earlier. That's a good thing on the farmers. It does say there wasn't quite as much uh, of those soybeans left out there later for the deer. But I mean, we're only talking about a few days compared to some years. But overall, harvest went really, really well. We were seeing people cutting corn, being done with corn weeks earlier than usual. So uh, it's it's been a good year to be a farmer. They had rain up until and then it got dry. So uh but anyway, so we're, in the early stages, so we're in the early stages of, of enjoying a velvet season now. If I, my memory serves me correct, we, we got a little over 360 deer last year, 368, I think, deer um, uh, during the velvet season last year. How'd this year go? Well, harvest was down. And, but, you know, the other states like Tennessee that implemented, Tennessee's the only other state I know of that has implemented a purely open and closed velvet season that just lasts for one weekend. Many states open while they're still in velvet, but 234, that's down quite a bit from last year. But it was new last year. More hunters, permits were down this year. Harvest was down. So, uh, but... You know, it's still an opportunity, and it was some really, really nice bucks harvested during that season. We've seen the pictures, so. Well, that's that's cool to hear. You know, it's it, it, I, I've uh, always done a little bit of bow hunting. It, it's hard for me to bow hunt when it's hot, and my son Jordan was bow hunting uh, Saturday morning, and um, he was getting attacked by mosquitoes. <laughs> well. If you really look, the opening, the velvet weekend was actually cooler than our opening of regular archery this past weekend. So uh, over most of the state. So we did have that little cool snout by in the 80s there during that velvet weekend and had some good deer movement. People that went saw deer. People may not realize this, but the legislature won't let a season open on a Sunday. That's correct. Yeah. Is that always been that way? It has been that way since well before I started, and uh, it says in statute a season may not open on a Sunday, hence the reason we opened deer season on September 30th this year, this past Saturday, so the normal archery opener was one day earlier. That comes around, you know, once every six, seven years, depending how the calendar works out, so... Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, a lot of archery. I think archery is a very, very popular sport. Um, mm -hmm. My son, Jordan, he's really practiced. He's gotten super proficient. I mean, he can pattern really well at 55 yards, maybe even further. Oh, wow. um, the new technology that's out there, he's got a really nice Matthews bow, but but there's some great technology out there, and people are really enjoying getting out there and, and, and start beginning to sort of take in their enjoyment of the outdoors uh, with archery. That's just always been popular, but it's even more popular today probably, isn't it? It is. Uh, we're getting more hunters, and, you know, crossbows are legal now, and so a lot of hunters who ordinarily couldn't use a vertical bow or chose not to were able to pick up a crossbow, but you're talking about youngsters getting in and that excitement. Uh, I, I've been an archery hunter since high school, and I shot at 13 before I got my first deer. <laughs> uh, I was shooting instinctive, and, and man, I, I would fling those aluminum arrows, and I was so used to gun hunting. If I saw a deer, it was in range. So. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. Hey, listen, we're visiting with William McKinley, who's head of the deer program for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. Hey, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about we had the heat and the freezes and all these different variables that are sort of adding up to, I have a question, 
our dear Streston, Mississippi. We'll ask William McKinley that when we come back. Mississippi. Running a nonprofit or philanthropy can be difficult. So the Mississippi Alliance of Nonprofits and Philanthropy and title sponsor Volunteer Mississippi are hosting Sparking Hope in the Sector, a leadership conference to ignite hope, foster resilience, inspire innovation, and promote volunteerism within the nonprofit and philanthropic sector. If you're a leader, board member, volunteer, or changemaker within a nonprofit or philanthropy, join us on October 12th at the Jackson Convention Complex. Learn more and register at AllianceMS.org. Those that are truly serious about their health have counted on Specialty Pharmacy for all their vitamin and herbal supplement needs for over 25 years. They sell only the purest grade of supplements with no binders, fillers, or colorants. Behind Primo's Cafe off Lakeland Drive in Flowood, Specialty Pharmacy. Feel your best. 37 years. That's a long time, and that's how long Shapley's Restaurant has been bringing you the finest in steaks, seafood, and, of course, our homemade hot tamales. This is Mark Shapley. And we are proud that we are celebrating our 37th year in business. Chapley's has been a staple in the greater Jackson market and had the pleasure of serving guests from around the country. This couldn't have happened without you, and we are so grateful for your continued support. Chapley's Restaurant, 37 years and counting. Come see us soon. 601-957-8000. Troy Brand Furniture Meridian invites you to the grand opening sale October 2nd through 14th. 30% off mattresses, 15% off all Lazy Boy, Craftmaster, and Mayo brand orders. Lazy Boy recliners starting at $3.99 and Big Man recliners by Lazy Boy starting at $5.99. Troy Brand Furniture offers 24 months same as cash financing. Stop by our new location at 601 Front Street Extension next to Meridian Honda for a chance to win a pair of Ole Miss or Mississippi State football tickets. Troy Brand Furniture will help you make your house a home or find that dream recliner you've always wanted at Troy Brand Furniture Meridian. Madison Cellars, proud to be a sponsor of SEC Sports. They're your headquarters for all your wines and spirits. From special party needs to picking up that favorite bottle of wine for dinner, it's all at Madison Cellars Premium Wine and Spirits. Highway 51 at Madison Station Shopping Center. You asked for it, and it's back exclusively from AgUp Equipment. A free rotary cutter. That's right, for a limited time, get a free rotary cutter with the purchase of any 3D or 3E John Deere compact tractor from AgUp Equipment. Plus, 0% for 84 months financing. Browse online at agup.com. Offer ends 10-27-23. Some restrictions apply. Subject to approved credit with John Deere Financial. See dealer for details. Hi, this is Shelby with Two Men in a Truck. At Two Men in a Truck, we've added a new service option to our brand, junk removal. Whether you're deep cleaning, renovating, or staging your home to sell, our Two Men in a Truck junk removal option is perfect to get the job done. Our professionally trained moving and junk removal teams will load and haul away your unwanted junk for you. Visit twomenandatruck.com to learn more and get a free junk removal quote. That's twomenandatruck.com. Here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, 6 to 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Leading the conversation on Mississippi's outdoors. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. 
Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. I'm visiting with my good friend, William McKinley, who's head of the deer program for the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. And he's a real specialist. He helps us understand what's going on. As I mentioned before we went to break, we talked about, the, I, I want to ask you about, do you think that the, the herd could be stressed? But before we do that, let's talk about just overall. The deer population in Mississippi is maybe, is it at an all-time high? Our numbers, our estimates right now show it is either at or very near a record high for all time with the number of deer. Now, that doesn't mean every single piece, every acre in the state, we realize, you know, there are places that the deer herd may be declining in localized areas, but statewide, we're dealing with a lot of deer out there, Ricky, and we're not dealing with the best environmental conditions to have a record high deer population. Yeah, I, I, you worry about it. So, so look, for, for people like me who lease land, we own some land as well, but you, you, I, I probably, with, with my partners and me, we probably control about 2,500 acres. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we see on those 2,500 acres is that we better get out there and um, thin the herd a bit. We need to get some does out. And that's a common refrain. I would even think on, on public land, as more and more people have become aware that if we pass on these smaller bucks, we're going to get to see bigger bucks and people are more focused on that. We've got some work to do to, to thin the herd, don't we? We do. And you know, you can run a lot of deer when environmental conditions are good. But we as a state agency, you know, I'm, my job is to look at it for, we got to keep that herd in check for when environmental conditions are not so good, like a drought uh, coinciding with record high heat indices. Uh, you know, you remember a couple of months ago, it was, it's been a hot summer and the summer stress period's worse on deer in Mississippi than the winter. So yeah. deer are stressed. And then, then you had freezes. I mean, yeah. Yeah, my, hey, listen, I've got palm trees that were just absolutely ravaged. Now, they live, thank God, because I protected the core. But they're beautiful today. They've come out and finally recovered. But I can only imagine what the stress looked like across the state of Mississippi as a result of that hard freeze we had. Well, here in north central, so our trees, our oaks were leafed out and blooming when that March 20th freeze hit. It was 19 degrees at my house. It wilted them. They turned completely brown. All that fell off and green up had to restart up here uh, across much of Mississippi. Luckily for North Mississippi, the oaks in the extreme north, the oaks hadn't bloomed yet. So it looks like they're gonna have some acorns, but this year, you know, here around my house, um, the white oaks are bare. I mean, they have no acorns and the red oaks, they bloom, set the fruit and drop, you know, the following year. So they're not going to have acorns next year. Uh, so we're looking at a, a very low mast year and then couple that with a drought, Ricky. Um, a lot of these trees, your water oaks and cherry barks have acorns, but they're throwing a lot of them because of the drought. So Food plots are going to be very, very attractive if we can just get that rain to get them to germinate and start growing. So, well, you know, you you and I have not talked about uh, chronic wasting disease in a while. 
Um, I bet you're just as concerned today as you've ever been concerned. The reality is such a slow infiltrating thing and the only uh, the only thing we have to fight it is containment but it's so troubling i mean you you more and more experts are, are focused on it more and more experts are concerned i mean they've said things like this is maybe the biggest risk to deer hunting in america mm-hmm. but it's it's like this slow i mean it's just slow developing and because it's not sudden and you you, you know you can't go in there and just do immediate cure and it's, it it, it gives people, the, the naysayers, uh, the people who don't agree that CWD is a problem, gives them an opportunity to say it's not that big a deal. Just let survival of the fittest you know, deal with it. Um, but I have friends of mine, and I won't say the areas, but in the areas where they've discovered CWD, and they've seen for the last two years a, a, a lesser number of mature deer. And you got to think that that's, had, that's what the impact's going to be. So if you're in an area that has CWD and now suddenly you're not seeing as many mature deer as you used to see that's what a cwd environment looks like um but anyway what's what's your latest thinking on all this well it definitely shortens the lifespan and we're seeing just coming in through our taxidermists at pull samples we're seeing far less four-year-old and older bucks coming in out of extreme north uh like north benton county um Studies in West Virginia and Arkansas, some of the newer studies where their radio collar and GPS collar and deer in their hottest CWD zone. So kind of look at it as a timeline. How long has CWD been in the area? Well, it's been there longer than it's been in Mississippi. And they're beginning to see population declines now. Uh, so that's big questions that a state has to answer. You know, how long do you continue doe harvest in areas where the disease is taking out a lot of your deer. Um, You know, there's a lot of questions have to be answered. And our biggest control method is to try to find it early in the new areas and try to keep it from spreading. So that's, we have to have CWD zones in place to do that. I know they're not very popular, but um, give you an example, uh, we're MSU has started a research project where we're testing scrapes. Now, we can't do this wide scale. Lab capacity is small, but we tested some scrapes in the the, uh, South Delta, and we found positive prions in scrapes 19 miles north of our nearest positive deer down there in Issaquina. So the disease is out there, and that tells us there was almost certainly a positive buck or more work in that area almost 20 miles away from a positive. So we're finding these new methods to try to find the disease on the landscape, Um, but we're still in the research portions of that, but the disease will have an impact. It's slowly spreading and we encourage hunters to get their deer tested and help us to fight this disease to keep those, keep, you know, we, we want healthy deer. Yeah, I'm not drawing you into this discussion, incidentally, so I'll just let you know that before I say this, but I've watched closely Texas and what's happening in Texas and where they, uh, you've had Supreme Court rulings, you got this big mess surrounding the sale and transfer of deer and breeding of deer, et cetera, but you've got a couple of recent counties that have CWD that that pretty sure it came as a result of allowing the sale and transfer of deer. You know, the, the, the fact is when you have a, a disease like CWD, 
COPD, chronic wasting disease, and you know the only way that to combat it is through containment. You know, the, the last thing you want to do is start moving deer around inside a state, and Texas is one that did that. We we know from other states as well. That's a that's a that's a big deal. But you know, I I, I when I talk to my friends, um, friends that before would say I'm not that concerned about it. They're more concerned now because they're reading more about it. They're watching videos and you know a lot more people are talking about it now and those states that have had a, a, a high prevalence of CWD there's a lot to learn from them you know we can go to them and see what the future looks like for Mississippi and uh, it's just kind of a scary proposition then you realize why why some people say that it's the biggest threat to white-tailed deer hunting in the United States and it's definitely true that it is isn't it it is it is it is a huge threat it's slowly slowly insidious is the word they use slow and and destructive uh moving across the landscape and also uh, it's our job to find it and notify hunters if they're hunting in an area where it is so they can choose to get that deer tested and yeah so uh cwd is not the only thing we have to worry about it's the one that's got so much Again, the slowness of it is why it's hard to ultimately get your head around it. But you think about hemorrhagic disease or blue tongue disease, it's still that's a that's an issue as well, isn't it? It is. And we have we've been monitoring blue tongue uh, hemorrhagic disease now for about thirty years in the state. And you know, we've been on some really low years. Uh, it kind of cycles every three to five, but it's a virus. And the deer that get it, and it only kills about five to 10% that get it. The rest of them are then immune to it after they get it and get over it. So, uh, but we were kind of had some down years on it and we got a fair number of reports of it this year. And especially in the Northwest portion of the state, uh, in fact, had more, I've had three more reports since last night. Uh, of, but hunters are in the woods this weekend. Yeah. So people are out seeing things. So that's that doesn't mean it, it blew up this weekend. It just meant there were more hunters in the woods to see it. But they're finding some dead deer on the landscape. Had a beautiful 10-point sent to me uh, last night that they had on camera the first week of September and uh, up in uh, uh, right in the edge of Quitman County. So they had a beautiful deer, and then they found him dead, and all signs point toward it was probably blue tongue. A uh, lot of reports in that area just in the past two weeks. So, wow, wow, wow. Well, you know, it go. I mean, it's part of the deal, man. You know, you yeah. biologists are going to be involved in helping us understand it. We're always focused on how do we keep our deer herd he healthy. Deer hunting in Mississippi is some of the most sought after hunting in the United States. Um, that's one of the reasons we're the capital of the outdoors in America. But uh, William McKinley, I'm glad we're getting into deer season now. So you can be I back on my show on a regular basis. Uh, we may have talked about some bad parts, but deer season's open, Ricky. And uh, yeah. that herd needs hunting. Hunters get out there in the woods. Take a doe, man. Everybody, everybody should take another doe. We That's need right. we need to thin the herd for a lot of good reasons. Anyway, listen, it's, a, it's been a pleasure, William. Enjoyed it, Ricky. You bet. Hey, when we come back on the other side, we're going to talk to Sarah Kaler about state parks. We'll see you after this. Mississippi.
from the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center. I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, sunny skies, high near 92. Tonight, mostly clear and cool, low around 61. Your Tuesday, sunny skies, high near 93. Tuesday evening, mostly clear, low down to 62. And for your Wednesday, mostly sunny conditions, high up to 94. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply experts since 1871. Here's John and Corey Ravenstein for Juniker Jewelry Company. In Mississippi, hunting isn't a sport. It's a religion. All my buddies grew up hunting, and I don't miss a season today. Being a straight shooter, being safe. Honest and accurate in the field is the most important thing of all. It's exactly the same way when it comes to diamonds. You want a hunting buddy who can teach you all the secrets of the diamond business. So you really know diamond grading, the four C's, and how you get the most diamond for your hard-earned money. That's exactly what you get when you shop for your diamond at Jenniker Jewelry Company. As Mississippi's direct diamond importers, we're a target-rich environment with 10 times the diamonds you'll find in average stores. And Diamond for Diamond, the guaranteed best price in the state. And that's shooting you straight. 9 out of 10, Mississippi women agree. The more a man hunts, the more he needs Junikers. Juniker Jewelry Company, Mississippi's direct diamond importer. From anywhere in Mississippi, we're at 1485 Highland Colony Parkway, just south of 463 in Madison, and junikerjewelry.com. Many organizations are seeking volunteers and funding to help accomplish their mission. At Volunteer Mississippi, we connect your organization with the volunteers and funding that you need to make a difference in your community. Want to learn more? Join us in Philadelphia for our Roadshow Training Tour on October 26th. Register today for this free event at volunteermississippi.org. That's volunteermississippi.org. Ready for new tires? Head to Rapid Tire Exchange in Clinton. We offer a wide selection of name brand tires, rims, and all the auto accessories in one stop. Rapid Tire Exchange can help you find the perfect tires for your vehicle. I came to RTE in Clinton. They were fast, friendly, and they didn't even try to upsell me on anything. So come to Rapid Tire Exchange in Clinton. We'll make sure you get the right tires for your vehicle at a price you can afford. Rapid Tire Exchange, located right behind Rapid Oil Change, 953 Highway 80 East and online at RapidTireExchange.com. Tired of the office grind? Ready to take a day and enjoy some time at the course? The Sanderson Farms Championship is back in Jackson. From October 2nd through the 8th, come see the world's best professional golfers at Mississippi's only PGA Tour event. Whether you're a golf enthusiast or just looking for a fun day out, this is the event for you. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for more information and to purchase your tickets. Take a day and join us at the Sanderson Farms Championship. I'm J.T. Mitchell, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. One person has been arrested after seven people were injured in a Sunday night car crash in Gulfport. 49-year-old Beckham Earl III is charged with three counts of leaving the scene of an accident causing injuries. Earl was said to have been recklessly speeding down Highway 90 while attempting to race another vehicle. That's when his car struck another, causing a pole to fall on top of the car and trapping the occupants inside. Earl is being held on a quarter-million-dollar bond and is expected to face jail time. And Ole Miss has been fined $100,000 by the SEC after fans stormed the field following the football team's upset win over LSU Saturday night. It was the first time fans have stormed the field this year in Oxford, which means the next time will be a fine somewhere around $250,000, with the third offense being half a million. I'm J.T. Mitchell. 
Join Mississippi's handyman, Buddy Slowick, every Saturday from 10 till noon as he broadcasts live from the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation studio. Whether you're looking to learn a trade or expand your skills, contact MCEF today. Join Sports Talk Mississippi every Friday during the 5 o'clock hour for Food Fridays presented by Polk's Meat. We'll tell you our favorite way to grill the delicious Polk's original Cajun and garlic and green onion sausages as well as other barbecue favorites. Remember, picky people pick Polk's. It's that time of the year again. Like my son Barrett and I, hunters will soon be heading to the woods to hopefully bag that big buck. Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director of the Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services. Our agency often works with Mississippians whose disabilities are the result of tree stand injuries. Keep safe by remembering these important tips. Always maintain three points of contact going up and down a tree. Use a haul line and always wear a safety harness. Please don't let your next hunt be your last. Thunder and lightning from Super Talk Mississippi. Very pleased to be joined at this time by Mississippi State head football coach, Zach Arnett. I'm a little offended as head coach. I couldn't even get an invite into the podcast. So clearly, oh, I, see okay. I, oh. clearly I see where I land on your totem pole. Of All right. Now, now we're going to be throw somebody under the bus here. Get the show anywhere you listen to podcasts and catch Thunder and Lightning live on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. on your local Super Talk Mississippi station, Super Talk TV, and on the Super Talk app. This is Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. It's cut through walls and fall football, a Gulf Coast sunset and a Delta. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors as we listen to my friend Steve Azar, uh, who wrote the uh, theme song for Super Talk Outdoors, One Mississippi, which happens to be the state song for Mississippi. By the way, if you haven't seen the children's book that Steve and uh, a wonderful illustrator has recently published. You ought to, you ought to look it up. What a, it'd be a great Christmas gift, but it's, it's a wonderful salute to Mississippi and the diversity of this great state. And I'm so proud of my friend, Steve. I can't, I can't, I can't say enough good things about that amazing dude. Hey, listen, I enjoyed that conversation with William. And now we're going to shift gears and move over to a new friend who I've had the opportunity to visit with before we started the show, Sarah Kaler. And you're going to enjoy getting to know her as well. Say Sarah, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you this morning? I'm doing I'm doing really well. So, you uh, you are an economic development specialist. We're going to get into what that really stands for here in just a second. As you and I shared some notes, you're you're big on quantitative analysis and economic development, and which uh, is a really important thing actually when you start thinking about the state parks and what they bring to the table and how to justify where we're going to do improvements and where might we hold off, etc. Uh, tough tough job, but somebody's got to do it but thank god we've got the money to do it now right right so uh, sarah I, w- I was enjoying um learning about you you uh you were actually born down here on the coast in in ocean springs and when you were five your mother got a job for dupont it brought you to the jackson area and you ultimately went to mississippi state and um you know what you know it's interesting I bet that 90 plus percent of the employees in that building you're sitting in in Jackson went to Mississippi State. I think that's a fair guess. I haven't (laughs) done the statistics myself, but uh, based around game day disappointments and highlights, I'd say that's pretty fair. 
Yeah, speaking of game day disappointments, or in this case, lack of disappointment, you can see I have my uh, Super Talk Red on today, which happens to mirror Ole Miss. I didn't go to Ole Miss. My son went to Ole Miss Law School. I'm a Southern Miss graduate myself, so is everyone else in my family except my youngest son who went to Auburn. But uh, but anyway, yeah, it's a proud day in Mississippi with Ole Miss having defeated LSU, so a lot of happy people. I'm sure there are one or two Ole Miss people in that building, huh? Um, my director of state parks, his son, yeah. He, he's a fan. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's cool. Well, listen, uh, one of the cool things about your story before we get into what you got your degree in and what ultimately led you to the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks is that you kind of enjoy the uh, the outdoors. You were telling me before we started the show that you used to uh, take a ride down the Pearl River and find a sandbar, and then after some period of time sort of out roughing it, you would actually row against the, uh, <laughs> against the tide, literally, to get back up uh, up river but tell us about it what what drew you about that goodness i guess a big part of it was freedom i got a, a little pelican kayak for my 18th or 19th birthday on or no it was christmas and i went out in the freezing water like on christmas day with this kayak i was so excited and ever since then yeah i would just kind of do these bear grills survival weekends on my own terms pack a couple of apples and granola bars on my fishing gear a small tent kayak about three miles down the pearl leaving from the spillway set up on a sandbar sustain myself with granola bars and anything i caught and then three miles back up against the spillway and get home well what's embedded in that story first of all is the love of the outdoors and, and, a, and an appreciation for that it's not not always about hunting and fishing even though i know that fishing is part of it but in that in that story is kayaking enjoying the outdoors just in general foraging you do some foraging you actually t you say that you're a amateur entom entomologist uh where did that love come from um, that's a great question. Uh, so I guess I should start off by saying I have two pet tarantulas. Uh, that's just a little <laughs> side hobby of mine. Uh, I got kind of into spiders to get over my fear of spiders. And the more I learned about them, the less threatening they became. And it, just a deep dive of YouTube videos and then adopting my own arachnids, uh, getting to know other community members, attending reptile shows, things like that. It just... I don't know, built into a love, and now I'm the bug person at work. Um, I don't have a degree in it. That's why I say amateur entomologist, but if there's a bug in the building, someone's sending me a picture for identification. <laughs> You know what's interesting about your degree? I think you said socio sociology. Uh, I took a sociology class in in uh, college. I have a sense of what it's all about. And then as a publisher, obviously spent a lot of time thinking about it, sociology. <laughs> but but then you went on to uh, really really zero in on quantitative analysis. That those two things don't usually go hand in glove. What what is it that brought you to quantitative analysis? Something about statistics in college clicked super hard for me where it didn't exactly make sense in my little, you know, 17, 18 teenage brain. But um, I started doing a couple of research projects in undergrad, surveying Vardaman, Mississippi, uh, which is the sweet potato capital of the world, wrote an undergrad thesis on it. And uh, after a while, I was like, should I pursue this? Like, I'm kind of good at it. And uh, one thing led to another. I got a teaching assistantship at State and got my master's and just followed it all the way through. I figured numbers would get me somewhere, you know, like better than just a regular sociology degree, like being able to publish data. 
Well, when you when you got out, you it led you to the state parks eventually. What 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 is it that attracted you to uh, the state parks? Yeah, so you already know I'm a bit of a outdoor recreational enthusiast. Uh, how's my audio? Looking a little shaky. <laughs> Good. But yeah, I'm, I'm an outdoor recreational enthusiast. I've been attending summer camps at Roosevelt, camping out with floors. Um, I knew this job had its perks. Uh, I didn't know how cool the perks would be. Like, for instance, if I'm not in my comfortable air-conditioned office, I get to be out at a park enjoying the day, but also getting some work done. That's one of the things I enjoyed about being a publisher of a newspaper <clears throat> was um, you never know from one day to the next <clears throat> how it was going to change. I mean, you had your business responsibilities, you had your editorial responsibilities, but I loved getting out in the community and being engaged and having some freedoms to be able to do that as a CEO. But you, you strike me as the kind of person that would probably shrivel up and die if you had to just sit in an office. Yes, very much so. I, I love getting out and like not only seeing my state parks, but also getting to like talk with legislators, meet with community stakeholders. How can we embedder this system? I'm, I'm social almost to a point of it being a flaw. <laughs> I can't yeah, stop. Yeah. yeah, well, that's. I mean, listen, man. The, the, the what's important about what you do, Sarah, is. There is a lot of stakeholders. There are so many stakeholders that are involved. I mean, the general public and people who care about state parks, people who go to state parks. You got all the people inside the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. You got the Mississippi Legislature and our state leaders and the business community. Listen, a lot of people are concerned and want our state parks to reach their potential. I've had a number of conversations with the Speaker of the House and Lieutenant Governor, who both have been incredibly supportive of the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. When it comes to funding millions and millions of dollars to try to step it up. We, we went too long, didn't we, without investing money in our state parks? I can could not agree more, if I'm being honest. I'm super excited to be a part of the administration that is receiving more attention, more funding, and uh, just I can't wait for us to completely revamp this whole system. So there is a, so what comes with this with this money is a sense of responsibility, which means then you guys have to do an analysis. So you think about the business plans that you've done for Paul Paul B. Johnson and Percy Quinn and Natchez and Roosevelt and Clark Hope. Um, it's important. So we had, you know, in order to know where you want to go, you got to know where you are now. So you got to do the current analysis and then you have to see what is possible and what would it cost to reach that goal. You've been doing a lot of that, haven't you? Good bit. Yeah, you're correct. I've, um, I'm in the middle of creating five years plans for Paul B. Johnson, Percy Quinn, Natchez, Calarco, and Roosevelt State Park. Those are our priority parks. Um, you'll be seeing the most changes with them first. Um, the rest are sure to follow, but we just wanted to really hit on these and get like a good spread of uh, pretty full renovations at all these parks. But yeah, the data analysis part is is lovely as well. <laughs> Well, we've already we've already begun to see what what that could look like uh, with some of the renovations that have already occurred. And you think about today, people have the ability to go in and and go into uh, vacation rental websites and be able to see what's expected and what's available. And so, the average consumer today really has a bigger expectation now. They're they're much more educated about what they would expect to see. And you guys are sort of bringing that into the planning process, aren't you? Yes, we're trying to, you know, give it a facelift. Um, 
I think everyone could agree that it's there's been some much needed renovations and repairs. But I'm telling you, if you hadn't already checked out cabins 8 and 12, the freshly renovated cabins at Roosevelt, you're missing out. Um, they are incredibly modern. I mean, like five-star type hotel accommodations here. And on top of that, you wake up in the morning and you're right on the Shadow Lake. <laughs> yeah, uh, tough situation. I, I would assume that the uh, availability of those particular cabins has, has gone down dramatically <laughs> just because people now are aware of it. But yes. we want that to be the case across the state of Mississippi with state parks. And with the leadership of the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks and the commission and support from the legislature and people like Sarah working in the trenches to help kind of bring it all together and help us realize the potential and make the most of the money that's being made available to us, we're going to be able to reach those goals. Hey, when we come back, we'll talk about what is it that made those uh, couple of demonstration projects so special, and how do we want to roll that out to other state parks as we go forward, as we continue our conversation with uh, Sarah Kaler, who's an economic development specialist with the Mississippi State Parks. We'll see you after this. I said three Mississippi to this land called Greatness doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, focus, and dedication. At Shelter Insurance, we understand that because we put in the hard work and dedication for decades. And that commitment has paid off with award-winning customer service for your auto, home, and life insurance. Jamie Creel, Shelter Insurance. Come see why we're more than just an agent. Proudly serving the Jackson Metro area and the great state of Mississippi. Give us a call at 601-992-6000. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. Since 1871, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family owned and operated. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> Ream. The new degree of comfort. The Gallo Radio Show is brought to you in part by TrustCare, where patients of all ages come for urgent and primary care you can trust. TrustCare clinics are staffed with friendly, experienced providers and open late. Walk in today or schedule your appointment at TrustCareHealth.com. TrustCare. Feel better, faster. 
You asked for it, and it's back exclusively from AgUp Equipment. A free rotary cutter. That's right. For a limited time, get a free rotary cutter with the purchase of any 3D or 3E John Deere compact tractor from AgUp Equipment. Plus, 0% for 84 months financing. Browse online at agup.com. Offer ends 10-27-23. Some restrictions apply. Subject to approved credit with John Deere Financial. See dealer for details. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet Boom Products, Oil Gator, Oil Dry, Spill Kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net. Before your next trip into the great Mississippi outdoors, make sure you stop by your local Gateway Tire and Service Center, where we go the distance for you. No matter where the road takes you, Kenda has a tire designed for your journey, on the road, on the trail, or on the racetrack. You can count on Kenda quality. For the past 50 years, Kenda has been building a better tire for life's most demanding activities. Actually, they overbuilt them to ensure you succeed safely in everything you do. Stop by any Gateway Tire or Service Center near you for the largest selection of Kenda tires in Mississippi. While you're there, don't forget Gateway's ASE certified mechanics are trained to diagnose and repair your car or truck with honest customer service. Gateway Tire and Service Center offers lube, oil and filter changes, engine diagnostics, belts, hoses, brakes, wheel alignment, and of course, tires. Just like Kenda, designed for your journey. Gateway Tire and Service Center supports Mississippi outdoors. And of course, we go the distance for you. Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. Live in one of the best places in America to enjoy the outdoors. So let's talk about it. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. I love meeting dedicated employees of the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. I, I, I can't get enough of it. I mean, one of the real benefits to having the opportunity to do Super Talk Outdoors is the opportunity to meet people like my current guest, Sarah Kaler. And, uh, you know, again, I mean, there are around 200 people in that building right now, Sarah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a pretty big agency. And, and then scattered all over the state, people working in the field, working in state parks, working a, a wide, across a wide range of uh, professions uh, focused on uh, enhancing the outdoor enjoyment we have here in the state. And it, it's not, it shouldn't be surprising, actually, that there would be a, a economic development specialist with the Mississippi State Parks. It would only make sense that they would do this because uh, as more and more money flows from the legislature to upgrade and really maximize this incredible capability that we have. I say capability because the reality is our forefathers were smart and setting aside so much so much public land for us to be able to enjoy. It comes in different forms, wildlife management areas, of course, uh, through the state parks. And, uh, you know, we've got to be focused constantly on what we can do to enhance that. So when you think about quantitative analysis that you're bringing to the table related to the state parks, kind of give people a feel for what it is you're doing. 
Yeah, so part of my job is to assess the feasibility facility um, facilities and amenities of different programs, basically assess whether or not they are sustainable or whether they need to help with continued investments. Um, occasionally, I write grants uh, and help my social media team strategize with content releases, but the data analysis part, I mean, goodness, I, I host stakeholder meetings and uh, we collect data through community members to see like, hey, if I think a water park or something would be a, a good investment at this park and I just plant that at your park without asking your community members. It's not going to be widely accepted. So that's where this analysis comes in. Like I'm going to bring all these major community holders together or community stakeholders, excuse me, together and get their input. What do you what do you think this area needs? What do you think this area can support? Is it playgrounds? Is it a zip line? I mean, that's kind of out there, but who knows, maybe one day. Um, but yeah, just just take it all in, identify trends, see what's worth our time and energy. Yeah, I've enjoyed. I've had, as you know, had a recent conversation with Stu Rayburn from down here at Buccaneer, and I've had uh, the leader of Clarko on, and and others as well. There, each of these these leaders in those specific state parks, they are super. Uh, Paul B. Johnson State Park, of course, where I I grew up. I literally grew up in Paul B. Johnson State Park. We we used to go park our uh, motor, uh, not motorhome, but it was a holiday Hamler trailer there. My family, we cooked a lot. A lot of hot dogs and and roasted a, a lot of uh, marshmallows on the campfire next to our, our place up there, and I caught a bunch of fish with cane poles in in those uh, in the in that lake. But when you talk to them, you really get a sense of the the number of people that generationally, I mean, I, I can remember specifically as it relates to Clarko, the number of generations that have family reunions and family events there, it's part of, state parks are part of their heritage, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And again, like each park has its own distinct, more or less vibe to it. Um, if I do something well at Buccaneer, it may not go over as well at Calarco, but um, as, as you had mentioned, both of those park managers are great and super involved in their communities. So there's renovations that are ongoing as we speak, but uh, those parks are still open. Why don't you kind of give us a feel for that? Yeah, so uh, I definitely meant to stress this. So let's see, Roosevelt, Paul B. Johnson and Percy Quinn are shut down for camping renovations, unfortunately. However, this is a great opportunity if you want to still go there and check out our day use facilities. All of our day use facilities are still open. I was out at Roosevelt last week on a forage hunt uh, with the Central Mississippi Mushroom Group. And uh, we went out there and hiked, shoot, at least three or four miles, had predominantly the whole park to ourselves. And honestly, if you wanted to go take your boat on the water right now, you're probably out there to yourself. <laughs> Wow, that's 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 really cool. You know, one of the things I remember about various conversations I've had is the the role that volunteers play in the in the parks. We have so many. You even you you guys even have park internships available, don't you? Yes, that's something new that we just rolled out with. Um, so if anyone has any um, students or people working on a gap year in their education who want to become an outdoor recreational professional, I highly encourage them to apply. It's on our website, mdwfp.com. Uh, I know our museum has a couple of openings for those programs too, but I'm really interested in some new park internships. Um, oh, yeah. also, you mentioned volunteerism. I haven't unleashed it yet, but come July 2024, um, I will have some volunteer opportunities statewide for like trail maintenance, leading guided hikes, 
Um, pressure washing, honestly, I think pressure washing is fun. So if you want to come out here and do it with me, sign up July 2024. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, uh, it's really, Sarah, it's really exciting to hear what's happening at our state parks. Uh, I don't think there's anyone in Mississippi that's not been touched in some positive way by the state parks. And, and you know, the natural beauty is there. And now, now the, the physical improvements, the structures and all that, uh, there's a plan to really take that to the next level. And I, I, mean, I think that's just that's so exciting. So thanks for the role that you're playing. I can't you did you did it by the way, you did a terrific job today. You have a radio voice, uh, so to speak. And it's been uh, it's been a it's been a pleasure to get to know you. Awesome. Ricky, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it today. You you bet. I enjoyed getting to know you too. Listen, uh, have a great week. Always stay safe when you're in the outdoors. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. See ya. Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.